Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you, and welcome to Perspectives on Healthcare. My guest today is Cyrus Masumi. He is a member of Generation X. He is originally from Florida, but his company and he are located in New York City at this point. And um, he is, in his own words, a healthcare founder. So Cyrus, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your role in healthcare, please. Sure. Well, I've uh, started a few healthcare uh, uh, companies and been involved in a number of healthcare initiatives. I guess the first was uh, ZocDoc, which is a company that I started in 2007 and ran for about a decade. Uh, ZocDoc helped people book doctor's appointments online. And one of my biggest regrets from that experience is that uh, through ZocDoc, I was able to improve access to healthcare for people who already had healthcare coverage. But for those who didn't have healthcare coverage, there was very little that we could do. So I always told myself that I wanted to learn how I could help uh, everyone. And the next healthcare company I started, I wanted to make sure it helped everyone. That led me to join the board of the public health school at Columbia University, where I've been actively involved, and uh, to start my latest company called Dr. B. Uh, Dr. B is a telehealth platform uh, to help people get access to everyday prescriptions uh, we've started with uh, enabling people to get access to COVID antivirals, uh, such as uh, Pexlovid and Monopiravir. And uh, the, the, the challenge with these medications, as many of you are probably aware, is that people have to get these medications within five days of uh, getting COVID, which means that the patient has to have had healthcare coverage. They had to have had a primary care doctor. The doctor had to have time to see them or they, and they have to hope that it wasn't a weekend. And all of those things make it incredibly challenging for many Americans to get access to these life-saving drugs. So what we do is we enable people to have an asynchronous consultation with a medical provider, generally in under one hour. And uh, we then send the script for if the patient is a candidate to the appropriate uh, pharmacy carrying that medication and the patient get on, get on their way for treatment. We do all of that for $15, which is less than the average copay. And if a patient cannot afford $15, we are the first telemedicine platform in the country that treats every patient regardless of their ability to pay. So we will actually provide the service at no cost to patients who financially qualify. Okay. So it seems like, like you're ahead of the curve on this kind of stuff, because as far as you know, the technology to set up appointments online with ZocDoc, it's it is an amazing, you know, and helpful service that's getting people who have the coverage and allowing them to get in to see the people, you know, see their um, practitioners without a whole lot of fanfare and difficulty. So fantastic. I appreciate that. And yet here we're talking about Dr. B and you're talking about asynchronous and yet timely within an hour service. Like where do you come up with the ideas or it, it, like how is there a history on how you're kind of forward thinking within this arena? I think that uh, 
to be honest, it was instilled in me very early in life. Uh, my mom really wanted me to be a doctor. And so she instilled in me that the value of uh, access to care. She, she would tell me it's really important that you become a doctor because it gives you great access to healthcare. And having great access to healthcare is the most important thing that we can have in our lives. And I remember I was five years old when she started telling me that. And I remember a year later, I learned that that uh, someone who I was very close with, who was almost like a second mother to me, didn't have healthcare coverage. I remember how worried I was uh, for her. And so I think, uh, though to my mother's dismay, I never became a physician, it did uh, uh, resonate with me, the, the uh, improving access to healthcare. And so my superpowers are that of a, of a, a technology founder. And, and so anytime I've encountered a problem of healthcare access, I've tried to solve it. It's really interesting. We just had Andrew Van Hook, who is the um, executive director of Resna, the Rehab Engineering Society of North America. She they're all about assistive technology. And what one of the things that she said is you don't need to be an MD to be able to have a positive impact on the healthcare system. And I'm, I'm hearing you say something very similar. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. You, you just have to have passion for the, the problem, uh, really. Okay. And listen, I, I really feel the same way myself. I'm not an MD. I'm, I'm a patient. And my hope is to get the information to, to gather perspectives on healthcare, to be able to take this information and to reflect it back to the healthcare community to say, here are, here's what medical practitioners have to say. Here is what patients have to say. And this is how you take all of the information and you can improve the healthcare system and ultimately improve the healthcare outcomes of patients and improve the lives of people living in the community. And I, I think that's, it's a, it's an effort that we are all together working towards the same goal. So fantastic. In that vein, what does quality healthcare mean to you? I think of quality on, on three dimensions. Uh, there's obviously having access, there's uh, better outcomes, uh, there's affordable, low cost. Uh, so traditionally, if you look at any of these three vectors, uh, whenever a policymaker has tried to improve access or cost or outcomes. Oftentimes it happens at the expense of one or, or more of the other two dimensions. And so one of the things I, I feel uh, very passionate about is technology is really the only way that you can introduce new technologies that have the, the ability to impact all of those three dimensions of healthcare in a positive way. What do I mean by that? So if you take uh, uh, asynchronous telemedicine, a platform like Dr. B, for example, uh, you're able to very efficiently uh, uh, interact with the patient, very, very efficiently interact with the provider, thereby having a very uh, low cost. Uh, you're able to improve access because you can reliably offer up. Uh, people don't have to wait days or weeks to see a doctor. They can really wait minutes or hours. And you can uh, improve outcomes by using technology to make sure that, that all the information that is available on the patient can be used in, in, in uh, uh, determining uh, uh, how the patient should be treated and, and making sure that that's done safely and in a consistent manner. So uh, I, I think it's important that we look at uh, the various facets of, 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 of quality when we're going to define it. I feel like sometimes the the concept of accessibility and affordability 
get can be confused because people would say that if you don't have if you don't have healthcare then the cost of obtaining health coverage is prohibitive and therefore it's not accessible to those who don't have the coverage can you talk a little bit more about the differentiation that you see between the concept of access and the concept of affordability Sure. So access I view is, is uh, can I get to the medical provider irrespective of, of, of cost? Can I get to my dermatologist? Can I get to my primary care doctor? There are states in this country where to see a primary care doctor in person uh, have upwards of 60 days in order for that to be the case. And so regardless of you, if you have money or not, you're going to, you're going to wait. Uh, and cost obviously is uh, the other end of it, which if you're lucky enough that you have healthcare coverage, that's great. But even Americans who have healthcare coverage today, uh, the, 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 uh, I don't think that the metric that we should be looking at is really the uninsured Americans, because there's many Americans now that have health insurance with high deductibles and they struggle to even make the deductible payment. Most of this country can afford a $500 hit. And if these deductibles are $3,000, it's the reason why healthcare in America is the number one reason for bankruptcy. It's the reason why two in five families struggle with being able to afford uh, healthcare, which is is remarkable considering the fact that we spend 50% more capita, more of our per capita GDP on, on healthcare than any other country in the world. Hmm. Yeah, so interesting. I, you've, you've already done this, but the question is on the list, so I will ask it. Uh, can you give me an example of quality healthcare? Well, I'll give a, a different example. Okay. Uh, and, and one of the uh, people always ask me, uh, since I've, I've started Talk Doc, and uh, I'm involved in Columbia, uh, what doctors they should go to. And the way that I always respond is, I would highly recommend they go to a doctor that has systems that are integrated with their other doctors. Because I think that, quite frankly, results in much better outcomes. Uh, there are numerous cases where if you go to a fully technology-integrated system, you hear of someone go to the to see one uh, specialist for one specific thing. And all of a sudden they, they realize that there's an issue that spans two or three other specialties that, that the patient is there and uh, a patient for at that same health system. So I really think it's important uh, that, you know, if you, uh, uh, if I rewind the clock back to my, uh, my professional career, one of my first jobs uh, was as a consultant at McKinsey and company. And uh, we, the first healthcare project I had was actually, ironically enough, a defense contractor that wanted to get into healthcare technology. And the reason why they stated was that uh, what made uh, the U.S. defense uh, uh, systems superior uh, at that point in time had been that our systems were well integrated. That many in many militaries around the world, you'd have. Uh, 20 or 30% of the time you're spending to understand if that blip on the screen is an enemy or a friend. And the American military through the revolutionary military affairs had that information freely flowing. So you didn't have to spend that time and, and they can spend the time acting. And the same needs to be true of healthcare. And so, but it's not. Uh, we need to have all the appropriate information longitudinally at the appropriate time. But very few patients in this country have really that benefit. And so there are examples of Kaiser, for example, being one where it's amazing. Uh, VA 
uh, just, uh, is actually known for its longitudinal patient data and, and how that can affect positively the outcomes of their patients. Yeah, it's so interesting because when I was when I was in rehab 25 years ago following a spinal cord injury, I was very impressed with the team concept that was there. So you had the doctor and the therapist, you know, and the dietitian and the nurse all as part of the same team. But what came next was making sure that the patient was a part of that team. And what I hear you saying is that the data also needs to be part of the team that everybody has access to. Am I oversimplifying that or does it make sense to you? Uh, it makes perfect sense. Okay, good. Well, it, every now and then I get a moment of clarity. So I appreciate that. We're just glad that it happened today on this podcast. Uh, what do you wish people understood about your role in healthcare? You know, I, I think that uh, part of the strategy that we are taking with Dr. B is to offer uh, what I believe to be the most affordable way to access healthcare uh, for many patients across the country. That means that we do not uh, have hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on Super Bowl ads, subway ads, billboards, et cetera. So I believe that if everyone knew about the services that we are we have rolled out and will continue to roll out with Dr. B, uh, they'll find that they're more efficient or more affordable than the status quo and it would make many people's lives better. So I think what I wish they knew is just awareness for the company. Uh, I wish that every American knew about it because I think it would make healthcare in, in America significantly better. Yeah, I, um, I mean, word of mouth is extremely important, but uh, sometimes I feel like it will only get you so far because it's gotta start somewhere. Um, and, you know, listen, I'm a, I'm a keynote speaker and was just talking to someone about marketing the other day and his thing is well my best marketing is to go out and speak and he's well that's really good except how do you find the places to speak if you need somewhere to speak before you can yeah so it's and in some ways what you're talking about is having your having your clients share the word with other people is extremely valuable but it starts with having clients to begin with to be able to share the um, to be able to share the message does that resonate with you at all uh, yes, I, I think that that's true. Uh, but uh, fundamentally, uh, even at an early stage of a company's life, you can note that uh, uh, word of mouth can be incredibly powerful. Uh, already at Dr. B, uh, and we launched uh, only a few months ago, about a quarter of the patients that interact with us are coming through word of mouth. And we're starting to see that increase. So uh, I, I agree, but I, I still think that it shouldn't be a uh, precursor to uh, to starting and, and offering a service that's valuable and affordable for everybody. Okay. No, completely agreed. Um, it's, it is a, it's a cycle and you've like any cycle that exists, you need to, you need to start in order for the thing to move forward at all. And so don't let, don't let those, you know, the issues be um, an obstacle to, to doing something of value. So fantastic. Um, what excites you about the future of healthcare? So, you know, I, I, um, I mentioned I didn't go to medical school, but I have two degrees in, in, in finance. And one of the things that um, I've been really worried about for a long time is just the cost of healthcare in a macro level. 
we talked about inflation a lot over the last 18 months in this country. Healthcare has had inflation this high for the last 40 years, and it's not sustainable. You've got three trillion. When I first started SockDoc, healthcare was under two trillion. Now three trillion, going to four trillion. I mean, it's really starting to, to, to pile up in terms of, of how much money we spend. And the only, if you sort of play that out, it is clearly unsustainable. And so, uh, I want to have a sustainable healthcare system in this country, and the way to do that is, in my opinion, to make sure that patients are receiving the appropriate type of care, meaning through the appropriate modality at the appropriate time. Uh, I think there are some things that very efficiently can be managed through telemedicine, whether it's sync or async. Uh, there's some things that can be very efficiently or needs to be done in an in-person office. But if you're starting uh, with the most uh, uh, using the most efficient, inefficient method to handle uh, 90% of what's happening, uh, there's no way for us to contain costs. So what I'm excited about is simplification of healthcare, where patients are easily navigated to the appropriate modality based on what they need. And the information across those modalities are uh, available to all practitioners in a clear, uh, uh, structured way that enable the patient to have the the, the best uh, outcomes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're looking for the most efficient use of the uh, of what's available. So, yep. All right, last question for you. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? So I think that uh, as we've seen with COVID and the disparate outcomes in certain communities, uh, and, and the high death rates in the United States, healthcare is the problem of our generation and it's not gonna be changed easily. Uh, it does in some sense need to be disrupted. And when I started my career as an entrepreneur, uh, when I was at ZocDoc, I had this formula for success, which was great people, hard work, focus, and time. And if you had any, those four elements, you could succeed at anything. What I realized over time is that hard work, however, was only temporary. You really need to have someone who's purpose aligned. That person could then continue that hard work in perpetuity if what they're working on was the most important thing, their reason for breathing. And so I think that uh, for my wish for, for, for healthcare professionals is that uh, we focus uh, a lot on, on this purpose alignment uh, broadly uh, and, and make sure that the people that we're bringing onto our teams, like even if they don't have uh, the, the domain expertise, as much domain expertise in healthcare, uh, if they had significantly more purpose alignment for, for making healthcare better, I would take that, that person any day of the week. And I, I wish that more healthcare institutions thought like that. Yeah, I, I think I, the word that I would use for purpose alignment is, is passion. That may be, it may be somewhat synonymous, but it's the idea, someone who has, someone who has an outlook, someone who has a heart um, and a thought process that is dedicated to the purpose and yeah. in because of that they're able to sustain the hard work and not um, not experience the burnout in the same way so yeah definitely listen uh, cyrus thanks so much for being with me today i appreciate you taking the time i appreciate you sharing and i i respect your perspective on healthcare. thanks for listening to perspectives on Healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.